Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting week of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills preview podcast here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lars, and joining me tonight, just Billy the Kid Nichols. What up? We're coming off a very convincing win over those Cleveland Browns, uh, who, by the way, are, are ranked completely last in just about every single power ranking today. But uh, we posted about those power rankings earlier today, and uh, yeah, they're kind of meaningless considering there's two one and two teams right now in the top ten. The Packers, though, there should be a asterisk next to their record, and the Patriots, who we obviously have coming up this week. Well, there's We're- an asterisk next to the Patriots for for all time. Precisely. Uh, you can find us at billsandbeers.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, won't you? It's very simple. Uh, tell a friend, and uh, we're just not going to waste any time here and talk a little bit about this Browns game from the past week, and then get into the New England Patriots. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. So what's there to say about this Browns game? If C.J. Spiller hadn't sprained his shoulder, I think we would have been looking at an absolutely severe blowout. That first quarter, we were up 14 nothing, and it, it was it was starting to get ugly real fast. I think if C.J. hadn't gone down there, we would have gone up 21 nothing real fast. And then from there on out, it just would have been ugly. Yeah, we were absolutely rolling them. It was uh, it was fun fun to see it happening and to feel like it was going to be another... Uh, you know, similar to the the previous week against the Chiefs, where it was just you know once we're up, we keep going up, 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 up. Um, but I'll tell you what my favorite thing was about the game is that uh, we could feel it. You know, watching that second quarter going into halftime. Halftime couldn't come soon enough, but you could just feel it slipping away. That momentum shifting, and uh, in traditional Buffalo Bills football, not being able to recover from that momentum shift, but. The fact that we were actually able to gather ourselves and to come out and continue to work a game plan and different players on the defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball just stepping up, uh, filling in and, you know, rising, uh, rising up and just taking the team to victory. It was nice to see. Now, I think a lot of that, though, and we talked about this before, I think there was a little bit of refining their footing once CJ went down. But to your point, we got a great interception from Brian Scott. Uh, Leotis McKelvin, before CJ was injured, had some great punt returns, but he got an interception again in the fourth quarter. Uh, as we were watching before, it's, it's great to see that we can put Kyle Williams and Darius on the sideline and then still get some great interior pressure from Carrington and from Spencer Johnson. So I agree. Um, it, was a, it was a great team effort out there. There. Uh, and one of the things I liked about this game is that nobody feared this Browns offense, but a lot of people have been talking about this Browns defense. And they were pretty good, but I feel like in the past, if we would have gone up against a defense like that, I'm thinking of teams from three, four, five years ago, like the, the Jaguars, or even last year and the year before in the Oakland Raiders. Teams were like, you know they have kind of a shaky offense, but their defense is so stout that they're going to give you a little bit of problems. And I kind of anticipated a game like that with Cleveland, but we went in there and we took care of business. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, it was nice to read Chris Kelsey's comments uh, on how it was different than previously. I mean, he's been with our team, what, 10 years? So he's been with all these teams who, in that situation before, would have crumbled, not been able to have recovered from the CJ injury. But Kelsey was like, listen, we never, we never doubted in our ability to win that game. He said, in previous years, I would have looked around on, uh, on that sideline. Guys would have been hanging their heads, and they just would have you know, sort of lost that spark. 
and they they didn't this time. He's like they never stopped believing that they were going to win the game. And you know the power of uh, you know mental attitude. We don't need to talk uh, you know about that, but it's 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 huge, and it, it proved to be correct in this one. Sure, and again, so right now, or for the for the good portion of that game, we had our running backs were Tashard Choice and Johnny White. We were down to number three and number four, but it goes to show you if you've got a, a manhandling offensive line in front of your runners like we have right now, just about anybody can put up big put up big numbers. Now, you and I just watched the condensed game here on NFL Game Rewind, uh, and I think we both agreed and we had the same thoughts on Sunday. There were a couple plays where Tashard Choice got into space, and you know that if that's Freddie Jackson, he's picking up at least 30 yards. If it's C.J. Spiller, he's going to the house. So th- that's what we're missing with these running backs, but they're still good for four, five, six, seven yards running behind this offensive line, which insofar is looking like they're looking like the class of the NFL right now. So and that and that's what we're missing, and that's the type of thing that's that intangible that when it's when it's against the Browns, you know, it's one story. And when it's against the Patriots, it's when that type of intangible that instead of it being a thirty yard run and we're all excited, it is that touchdown. It makes the difference between a touchdown and then, you know, ultimately a field goal, uh, which against a team like the Pats, you know, you really need every bit you can get. So uh, maybe we look, uh, maybe we can start talking about the Pats and uh, sort of how that's going to shake out. Yeah, we'll get to that. And, uh, you know, I feel like every week we could debate Fitzpatrick. Uh, sure. I feel like the debate just goes on ad nauseum in Bill's Nation. Uh, there's, <laughs> to say there's a consensus among fans is just wildly erroneous because it's still pretty much split down the middle. I'm kind of coming around a little bit more, but he's still got to show me. Uh, that he can do it for four quarters against a good team. Now, it's not necessarily going to be a good team this weekend against the Patriots, but let's not talk about Fitzpatrick. Let's talk about the other big point of controversy, so to speak, in Bill's Nation today, the cutting of Brian Mormon. Now, we've been saying, I've been saying for two years now, I said before last season that we should cut him because he was kind of on the downside. He had kind of a crappy year last year. He had a Pretty bad game on Sunday. And the only reason I say that, and watching the, re-watching the game, knowing what the outcome is, you tend to, it, things kind of tend to sit differently. But I distinctly remember Bill twice on Sunday turning you and saying, Brian Mormon has got to pick it up. Because when that game was getting close, he was shanking punts. Yep. He, was, he was making bad punts. And I kept saying, you know, it's great that Brian Mormon can make great punts when we're way ahead or way behind. But in close games like this, he's got to bring it. Quite frankly, he hasn't been bringing it. So I'm not totally torn up by this. Of course, the Buffalo community, everything he did for his charities and everything, that'll be just insurmountably missed. Okay, yeah. And nobody is arguing that he hasn't been an awesome teammate, a great leader, uh, somebody who's just a great face of the franchise out in the Buffalo community. But the fact of the matter is this regime doesn't tolerate non-production, which is what we've been getting from him now for the last 19 games, yeah. and he gone. Brian Mormon uh, had some great years, and when you don't have much to hold on to as a Buffalo Bills fan, and when a guy is so involved in the community, it can make his uh, his decline as a player more forgivable. Right? You, you have some emotion in that you've you, you know you've been watching him play, and you see what he does, and you know I'm proud, quite honestly, of our uh, management in making a decision that wasn't an easy one 
and removing some of that emotion from it. And it's a, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough decision, but, um, and from what you were reading, uh, you know, there might be some, uh, you know, something behind the curtains with, uh, some, some sort of health issues going on in his family. Uh, but, uh, either now that that's the unsubstantiated rumor. Okay. Let's be clear about that. But was Thurman Thomas also Phil was it? <laughs> no, God no. Um, Thurman <laughs> Thomas also tweeted today that there was something else up. There was more to the story. And knowing the guy for as long as we have, he's clearly not a locker room cancer. You don't want to start a rumor that his wife is deteriorating because of cancer. That's the prevailing rumor right now. But if that's the case, so be it. You know, our thoughts and well wishes to him. But. As I said to you, unless John Potter uh, lets the ball fly through his hands or, you know, just just whiffs the ball, there's not a whole lot that he can do that's going to make him substantially worse than Brian Mormon at this point. Agreed. So uh, we got some youth coming in. And again, Brian Mormon, uh, because of his veteran contract, he still makes at least 88000 or something like that every week for the next 14 weeks, regardless if he plays for the Bills or anybody else. So... I'm glad to hear that. Um, so if it is a personal thing, at least he's got he's got a, a little bit of a cushion there financially, and that's, of course, when it comes to medical needs, sometimes that's uh, that the most important thing there is. But uh, uh, moving forward, John Potter's our man. Uh, I'm a little shaken up by this bill because I Jackie offered to buy me a jersey several years ago, and I said, do not buy me a jersey because whoever, whatever player you get me, they will be off the roster within two or three years. Ask Jeff Day. He's the king of this. Every jersey he's bought, the guy has been gone within two or three years, and in the era of free agency, it's just not worth it. Which, by the way, would you ever um, buy a product that was, let's say, for fifteen ninety nine? you could buy uh, a... Um, you could put, you could put, you could type in your the lettering that you wanted, and it was as easy as an iron-on uh, application uh, over any jersey. So you could do it multiple times if you wanted to, and you didn't need to stitch anything, you didn't need to sew anything. It was simply an iron iron-on nameplate. Well, if it was that simple, yeah, maybe. Okay. But uh, so I had Jackie get me, or I didn't have her. Would she you offered like to be the first customer. Well, no. Um, she got me a custom jersey with my name on it yeah. and my number, uh-huh. number six. And this was prior to the 2008 season, and I loved it because we didn't have a number six on our roster that entire time. In fact, it's been a long time since we've had a number six on our roster. That's my number. I wore it for baseball and for water polo. Um, and it was great because whenever we go to the Bills parking lot to tailgate, I always get all these funny looks. People are like, who the hell is number six? Uh-huh. And then they'd see my name on the back and they'd be like, what? I don't – is that – who is that? But now John Potter, number six. Ooh. So your thunder. Yeah. So that was uh, – for me, <laughs> that's the worst part of this whole scenario. Now, if Brian Mormon's wife is, in fact, dying of cancer, that'll that'll trump uh, my white man problems. Oh. But But for now, the worst part about – Brian Mormon taking off and John Potter taking over is that uh, there is now a number six on the Bills roster. So we have, I mean, this is Patriots Week, is 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 what we call here in Bills Nation. And By the way, we've been doing some email chains uh, about plans for this weekend, Bill. And I'm serious when I say, like, I want to be in bed by 9 o'clock Saturday. I want to be refreshed. I want to get a good workout in before that game. And I don't want anything else to be on my mind. I don't want to be hungover, tired, or anything for the game on Sunday. It's that important to me. 
So my scenario is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm going to be tailgating at Lambeau, okay? And now I have, trust me, this was, this was not, this is not an easy, not an easy no. thing. Not an easy thing. No. Big time fail on your part. Bro. However. No. However, I am oh. going to be, trust me, I have lined up a DirecTV uh, login. <laughs> and uh, Carrie has, uh, um, has an air card. And there is a laptop that is ready to go so that... I mean, you're going to be in earbuds, right? Like noise-canceling earbuds in your own little world. Yeah. Now, here's the question now. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think about this. I wonder how good the reception is uh, around... Um, a stadium? It's around stadium. When, when cell phone service is at an all-time low? Yeah. That's, that could present problems for streaming. So Well, I, I, I've, I've already said my piece on this, Bill. Uh, Big-time fail. Uh, but Pat's coming up. Now, the big news of this week, of course, aside from the Brian Mormon fiasco, C.J. Spiller, Freddie Jackson, what's up with them? Now, it's only Tuesday uh, because of scheduling we had to record early this week, so Lord knows what's going to happen between now and when you're hearing this or between now and Sunday as far as personnel goes. But we could be without both C.J. and Fred. I am 80% sure we will have at least one of them on Sunday. Okay, so which one do you think? I think that at least Freddie's going to be back. Okay. He's oh, been talking like he's he's been talking like he's coming back, but Chan didn't rule out CJ on his Monday press conference. And when CJ was asked by the media, he said he feels good, uh, and that it's just a little bit of pain and swelling. And if those symptoms are going away as the week goes on, he's going to be good to go. We're practicing tomorrow, Wednesday. Again, this is probably not going to come out till Thursday, so. Who knows what's going to happen, so I don't want to dwell on that point. Meantime, over in uh, Patriots world, uh, that little punk-ass wide receiver Julian Edelman's banged up. He's got a hand issue. He had to leave the Ravens game early. It was so awesome hearing that he, he had left that – or seeing him leave I that stadium. I hate that little He's punk. a piece of shit. I, I really don't like him. He, he embodies – Is there anyone that you can stand on that team? See, that's just it. I don't mind Vince Wilfork. Based on what I've, I've learned about him – I, I understand he's dirty, and I don't know why I went to Vince Wilfork first, because I don't mind Wes Welker either. Uh, really? No, I don't. I, th- I think Wes, Wes Welker is a good guy. I mean, he's pretty funny. Some of the interviews he's done, like when he did all those feet puns. I would hit him with a bat over the head. Yeah. I mean, well, again, it's tough because he's always been one of our division rivals beating us up when he started out with the Jets and now, of course, with the Patriots. But, I mean, at the top of my shit list – it's Tom Brady, and it's going to be at least a decade of him out of the NFL for somebody to dethrone him as far as King Shithead is in my book. Now, let's, let's examine this for a second, okay? Let's say that the Patriots fans were actually like Green Bay fans, okay? Good fans, respectable fans. Would you still hate the Patriots as much? You know, that's a great question because being here in Chicago, I've often thought of this scenario because you hear of Bears fans saying how much they hate the Packers, and I think a lot of that is because of Brett Favre. But then I'm like... The hatred n- does not run that deep, though. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, it's, it, it's But it does. Like, it's but more it, like a competitive hatred as opposed to like a... But the thing is, like, personal. I don't, I don't vendetta. begrudge other good quarterbacks. I don't even hate Mark Sanchez that much. I mean, he annoys me, and I think he's a little worm. He's like a gnat. Like, yeah, he's like, he's just he, he's just the kind of guy who's. 
And the Jets personify this wonderfully because he strikes me as the kind of guy who would pick a fight with anybody knowing that he's got a huge, big, bad posse behind him. And if he didn't have that, he would just be getting his ass beat all the time. But when it comes to Tom Brady, he is such a whiner. And every time, like, every time he gets hit, he's, he's coming up looking for a flag. He chirps at his teammates. He talks smack. He pouts. And... I don't think I'm being biased by saying this about him. I mean, I see him and I just see an immature, punky, whiny, just brat out there. And everyone's like, oh, but I don't see that from Peyton Manning. I don't hate Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning could play for the Dolphins for all I care, and I probably wouldn't hate him. I don't see that from Drew Brees. I don't hate Drew Brees. I don't see that from Aaron Rodgers. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. Jay Cutler is a notorious jerk. I don't hate Jay Cutler. I hate Tom Brady because of how he conducts himself on the field. And how he conducts himself off the field when he <laughs> when he leaves the city of Buffalo and all he can talk about is, oh, yeah, I had to stay at some hotel. And, you know, I'm sorry, bro, you stayed at the, at the you know, Homewood Suites or whatever, like, nice life. Uh, you know, it's one night. In the meantime, that, that whole footage of him crying, when, when, when he came to the realization during his ESPN interview that if he hadn't got drafted, he'd be in insurance agent or insurance salesman hello if i'm an insurance salesman that's the biggest insult and i mean this guy is crying because he would have to assume my career well excuse me tom brady maybe some of us just want to have a car to drive and a dog to walk i mean i've made this statement many a times and that is if i had a get out of jail free card i the one thing that i would do is shoot tom brady wow wow Okay, I don't know if I would go that far. Um, <laughs> I would, I would. First off, there is a great picture I just saw it for the first time. Have you ever seen the picture of him Dude, shirtless? The nation is relying on this. Yeah, have you ever seen him shirtless at the combine? Oh God, he no. looks like such a worm. But if I had to j- get out of jail free card, I would, I would just go mono e mono because I think I could take him in a fight. Okay. I, I honestly think I could. Big cat never loses. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of heart. A lot of heart. Uh, but we got them coming up this week. Uh, it's impossible to say what this game plan is going to be with our, our, essentially our two biggest offensive weapons, maybe or maybe not at our disposal. Now, some people are saying maybe this is some game gamesmanship to throw Bill Belichick off. I don't know if I buy that. And I don't think in the NFL that really applies. Yeah. Um, and from a defensive standpoint, we know what we got to do. I mean, they're going to run those ridiculous three tight end sets, so we just got to drop 11 guys in coverage so we have four guys in every wide receiver they throw out there. Um, or we just take it to Tom Brady all game long, and who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, luckily we had that Jets game, and um, hopefully uh, our defense has learned uh, from – the vulnerability that we have as the if we leave these guys like seven eight yards uh, on those short for those short routes. So uh, everyone has said uh, that the way to stop the Patriots is to bump your guys to the line. So a lot of it's going to be relying on. It's not you know we're going to be frustrated when we're not getting any pressure, but the game plan is going to be get the ball quickly for them and our guys. We need to rely on some of our young corners to you know hold tight and just play the game of their life. Uh, here, here, Bill, and there's nobody on the outside right now that that threatens me or that I, that I think that we can't handle. Um, Welker's going to be in the slot. He's going to get more looks with Hernandez out. We know this. Brandon Lloyd, I don't really see what's so special there. The guy's like 48 years old. Um, but, of course, we know that Gronkowski's probably going to have at least 80 yards and probably a touchdown against us. 
based on what we did on Sunday to Trent Richardson, I don't see them gaining more than 20 yards on the ground unless Tom Brady scrambles for a long one. I mean, our run defense has just been absolutely lights out thus far. Uh, and by the way, quick plug in as far as that goes, one guy this year who has stepped up tremendously and in, in so far as having the season of his of, of his life, as far as I'm concerned, Arthur Motes. I was going. I was hoping you were going to say that. Yep. Because he has looked great. He's been in the great. He's been in the right position. He's done great setting the edge on Rundy. Yep. So, I think he he that something happened. I remember like being like ah Arthur in that in that Jets game, but. I guess everyone, you know, right. gets a pass for that game. So I'm thinking it's going to be Gilmore on Lloyd. I'm thinking it's going to be Williams on Welker. And I'm thinking it's going to be Brian Scott on Gronkowski. Um, maybe we put Gilmore on Gronkowski. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe we even put McGee or um, McKelvin on him. Uh, we, you don't need a lot of speed to cover the guy. You just need somebody who's going to stay with him. What do you think, McKelvin on uh, Welker? I think Welker will – no, no. I think that Welker will put two moves on him and, and uh, McKelvin will fall over. Um, but again, another guy who's been having a great season so far. I think that he, being able to be back there and returning punts has given him a lot of confidence, and I think he's the kind of player that with the more confidence he gets. Uh, you know, my middle school basketball coach used to say this whenever we play the inner cities teams. It's like if, if you give those kids just an iota of confidence, they're going to start drop-kicking the ball in from 40 feet out. And that's how McKelvin plays. If he if he gets just a little bit of cockiness to him, he's he's virtually unstoppable out there. Now you know what would be nice right now. Um, well, I wouldn't say that nice because we'd have to be in the presence of them. But um, we do have some fr- we can call them friends, right? That are Patriots fans that mm-hmm. uh, were afraid, I would say, of coming on the podcast. Uh, I wouldn't go so far. Um, <laughs> one of them has has tried to get me to go to Delilah's to watch the game, and I'm like, ah, buddy, I don't really like Delilah's. is great. It's a great Bills experience for all those Chicagoans out there. Don't get me wrong, Delilah's is great, but as far as I'm concerned, if I'm going to be planted somewhere for three hours, I want my creature comforts. I want food delivered to me that I don't have to call and then go meet the guy outside and then you know have to do all that crap. Uh, and I want a yeah. So sue me, I want a 100-inch HD projection on the wall 10 feet in front of my face, okay, as opposed to craning my neck to see a little uh, flat panel. And I'm not even, not even a flat panel, a flat screen TV from, like, 2001. Um, How about that Kevin Hess, though? <laughs> about that Kevin Hess. But, but Neil, our buddy who was actually on this podcast, uh, very first episode of Bills and Beers of the regular season, uh, to come on to talk about the Patriots, has asked me to go – to and it wasn't the first first episode of the second season, but he has asked me to go to um, Delilah's to meet him, and I'm like, nah, yeah, it's just not happening. Kevin, on the other hand, uh, is Kevin going to come to the station to watch with us? I feel like he would man up and come. He would. Yes. Is he invited? I'll invite him. Sure. Um, he's a respect. He's a respectable. He's one of the. He's one of the. He's one of the good ones. I would say one of the very. He's the only good very, one. Very, very good. Ever met. Yeah, he's the only one I can even remotely tolerate. And props to him because he watched that Super Bowl game last year yeah. in a room full of people who hate the Patriots. Yeah. And we were and and to our credit, we were not actively rooting against the Patriots because as Bills fans, we know that if anybody was doing that in the room when our team was in the Super Bowl. It would probably come to blows, yep. uh, but he was cool about it. We were cool about it, um, so I wouldn't mind watching the game with him. Uh, Kevin, if you're out there, we invited you to the podcast. We're inviting you to Lincoln Station. Are you man enough? Okay, but that's all right. So we'll get into predictions here uh, again. It's it's kind of tough to get into the X's and O's because we've very big personnel um, 
issues that stand to be resolved as the week goes on, and we have no idea how that's going to play out. So we apologize for being a little out of date, but uh, uh, we'll get right now into the wild card section of the episode and predictions. So we're getting into the wild card portion of this week's episode. Uh, very important, uh, very near and dear to our hearts, to the hearts of everybody out there in Bills and Beers Nation. Uh, but without further ado, uh, Billy, it's wild card time. Wild card! And this is a very, very controversial wild card this week um, because it's going to really require some soul searching on Billy and I's part uh, to come up with an answer that we'll be able to sleep tonight having having said aloud. So, Bill, if you could pick one player from the opposing team's roster this week, the opposing team being the New England Patriots, if you could pick one New England Patriot to play for the Buffalo Bills, who would it be and why? I would probably pick Wes Welker, even though I would hit him over the head with a baseball bat while he's on the Patriots. Um. I he the guy just gets it done. I think Chang Ailey would find use for him. There's always the contingency, right? Like, yes, if well, how much of his, uh, his success is just because he's in the system that he's in, and just because he's with Brady? But taking all of those things out, if you could plug and play somebody um, and expect the same amount of production, I would say Wes Welker. I think that's a great choice because what we hear repeatedly is like, as you said, the call on Stevie's touchdown this past weekend was. Stevie, if you see zone, just get open. I'm going to throw you the ball. And we, I've heard a lot that that's the call between Brady and Welker, and it works between those two. And Fitzpatrick seems to have great chemistry with receivers who know how to find the open spot and get open. So I, I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, though. Um, and I'm going to say uh, it, it's tough it's because they don't run the same defensive scheme as we do. But one guy that they have on their defense that I would I would love to see in a, in a Bills uniform is another rookie, another Alabama player, uh, Dante Hightower. Uh-huh. Um, and again, he looks like a beast out there. He does. Yep. He he looks very well deserving of that first round pick they used on him. I think he was a first round. I I think they picked him and then yeah, they because they, they had two first round. I mean, they had so many picks, but I think yeah, he was like their late first round, something or, like that. And but it's it's tough for me to say that because I don't know who he would supplant. Uh, he's he's not a weak side linebacker, and I don't know if I would prefer him to Arthur Motes or if Arthur Motes could then play weak side linebacker. You find you'd find a place for him. I mean, he's. Clearly, he just has like a nose for the ball. Yeah, and he's a big boy, and he looks pretty fierce out there. So uh, I feel a little dirty saying that, uh, but he hasn't been a Patriot for more than three games thus far, so uh, I don't I don't begrudge him too much. And like I said before, I don't mind Wes Welker. Um, uh, Tom Brady can uh, shovel shit in hell for all I let's care. Wipe, let's wipe this from our consciousness, though, and pretend like men in black we've never right. uh, actually ever said this, so. So uh, along those lines, this is Bills and Beers. Uh, so this week's... Uh, along, along the lines of wiping things from your consciousness. <laughs> precisely, Bill. Right with me, as always. Thanks. Um, a, a beer that's... I was proud of that. I was proud that I got this one. <laughs> Uh, a beer that I'm uh, quite fond of, uh, and I know, Billy, you are too. I know you and I uh, like to enjoy our nice, uh, bitter, hoppy uh, IPAs. Today we are drinking the Imperial IPA from the good people at Bridgeport Brewery, uh, which is out of Oregon, of course, uh, specifically in Oregon. Let's look. I can't find it here on the label where they are exactly in Oregon. I think I should know this, but I'm not finding it. You see it anywhere, Bill? Oregon's oldest craft brewery. Okay, well, that's good enough for me. Oregon's oldest craft brewery, uh, Hopzar. From Bridgeport, Oregon. 
Uh, is that a place? I don't know. Okay. Well, it's from the good people of Bridgeport, and it's Hopsar. It's delicious. Oh, Portland. Oh, it's from Portland. Okay. Okay. Uh, never been to Portland. I'm kind of afraid to go out there because uh, I think I'll fall in love with it. And, of course, the Pacific Northwest, all the buzz today after last night's ridiculous Monday night football game and the way that ended. Uh, but that's been talked about enough, so we don't have to get into that. But uh, Hopsar, for all those folks out there, if you haven't tried it already, I just picked it up at my local liquor store, so I doubt it's uh, too obscure. Uh, but get your hands on it if you'd like something nice and bitter, nice and hoppy. Uh, I know I do. I know Bill does. And, of course... Uh, here at Bills and Beers, we do not condone underage drinking, so if you are under the age of 21, you must wait until that 21st birthday, and if you are over the age of 21, please drink responsibly. Okay, Bill, this is always tough. Predictions before the Patriots game. Most people in Bills Nation think that we're going to split with the Patriots this year. I, th- I think that a lot of people are a little hungover from last year's victory in Week 3 at home, but... I do think we match up well against them, certainly better than we have in the past. But I'm not ready to say right away that a win this year against these Patriots is guaranteed. But if we're going to beat them, our best chance is this Sunday. What's your prediction? Thankfully, something that fuels my prediction is the fact that this game will be played at none other than Ralph Wilson Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. I thought for sure you were going to say feeling your decision is the hops are, but okay, go ahead. So, which by the way is 7.5%. Things are a little different this year, okay? And that means that we will be in a position to lose the game. It'll be a close one. Back and forth, up and down, high scoring. And the Buffalo Bills will pull out the victory in the last two minutes of the game, 31-30. to 30. Wow. Game-winning field goal or touchdown? Game-winning field goal. Wow. Game-winning field goal, 31-30. I don't think it's going to be as high-scoring an affair. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, let me just say this. I'm going to make my prediction assuming that both Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller are playing. Uh. So I don't think it's going to be as high-scoring affair. Buffalo 24, New England 3. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us again on this week's edition of Bills and Beers. Uh, We've had a great time uh, recording our podcast for you. We love doing this every week. Uh, If you're a fan of the show, if you subscribe to the show, tell a friend. Get as many people uh, on the bandwagon as possible. And please communicate with us on Facebook. I've become pretty handy in the old Photoshop recently, and I like putting out those pictures. If you like them, comment on them. Give us your own little caption. Uh, or even send us requests, send us pictures, who cares. Uh, Be active, we'd love to be active with you. Uh, Bill's Nation, can't beat them, can't beat the fans. Bill, you're absolutely right, it's going to be pandemonium on Sunday at Ralph Wilson Stadium. Let's fight them hard. Let's give them a good game. Go Bills. Go Bills.